Quick editor's note before we get started, this interview was recorded in the summer of 2020. So as the quote-unquote current events and prognostications of the future are discussed in this episode, keep in mind when it was recorded. Thank you and enjoy the episode. And welcome to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. This is the Wine and Spirits edition, and this is Greg's Coffee Corner. And this is Yes, Amber. And I'll be interviewing Lena. Hi. So let's start this off. First question, Lena, what pronouns do you use? <laughs> uh, my pronouns are she, her. Great. Okay. Same. All right. I'm going to ask you a question that I tend to ask everyone I interview, and I feel like it's a really important question, especially because you're our resident New Yorker. <laughs> Chicago deep dish pizza. Is it pizza? Whoa. Wow. That's okay. So you're, you're, you're going into the deep end of the pool. Full disclosure, I've never had official Chicago deep dish pizza. So I am saying this only from what I've heard and I hope that I can stay at toe the line. I don't want to bend anybody from Chi-Town. <laughs> First of all, New York pizza is New York pizza. No other state can take that away from us. New Jersey, which I now reside in, comes pretty close. It's pretty decent. But New York pizza, you know, I used to get a slice. I was one of those kids that got a, a dollar slice mm-hmm. from, from the store. But what, from what I've heard from other New Yorkers that... Deep dish pizza is best consumed in Chicago, that it is its own separate entity. So if you're falling under the umbrella of it being dough with some sauce and some cheese, that there is the Chicago style pizza and the New York style pizza. So I can put it up on its own pedestal and say Chicago deep dish pizza is Chicago deep dish pizza and should be respected just as the New York slice needs to be respected. Now, which one is the authentic pizza? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know the origin of pizza to begin with. We might all be wrong. You know, it's kind of like saying those little sliders from uh, a certain uh, chain, which is not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> it's not really a hamburger. When I think of a hamburger, I think of the thing that you get at the backyard barbecue at your friend or your, your uncle's. That's not, but it is meat with some toppings and a bun, but it's not exactly a hamburger. So I don't know whether New York style pizza or Chicago deep dish are officially what pizza was when someone who invented pizza envisioned it. But I will say that it is equal <laughs> to New York pizza and it's an importance in the pizza world and that New York and Chicago get to claim their own particular brand as the best pizza around. When I have an opportunity to have Chicago deep dish pizza, I'll let you know which one I like better though. Okay. Yeah. And I, I love your answer by the way, because it's very diplomatic. <laughs> I, I always ask this question because I feel like it's it's a great icebreaker and it's also something that's contentious and controversial without like straight up being like, so tell me about your political opinion right now. <laughs> an argument. 
But yeah. I, I would I, I think if you ever get a chance, Chicago's a great town. It's a great food town. I live in New Jersey. I'm born and raised in New Jersey. Um, most of my family lives in New York and New Jersey, but I lived in Illinois for a year. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so definitely try the pizza. There's actually several different types of Chicago pizza, but Chicago deep dish. Uh, you know what? I don't want to tell you my opinion because I don't want to like color yours. I, I but I do highly suggest if you get a chance to try it to try it and form your own opinion. I mean, I, I'm excited. I mean, how could you really go wrong with a good dough, good sauce, and good cheese? That's where a lot of the other states mess up. They just don't have the dough doesn't taste the same, mm-hmm. or it's not the right consistency. So as long as it's the right consistency, I'm all for it. I have had bad pizza though. In New York oh, and yeah. New Jersey. Like, I've had, like, horrible pizza where I'm, like, offended by it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I think you're right. Because, like, if the sauce is off, like, I've had pizza where it's been, like, oh, yeah, you put, like, a pile of sugar in this sauce. Yeah. What were you thinking here, guys? Like, no, this is not pizza. I mean, I guess it is pizza in the technical sense of being a piece of dough with sauce and cheese. But, like. Yeah. It's pizza-esque. It's like those little yeah. sliders are hamburger-esque. It's the same shape. If my kid makes me a pizza with their Play-Doh, they might have all the ingredients technically right if we're going to agree that, that that yellow is the dough, that red is the sauce, and that other yellow is the cheese. Fine, that's pizza. Am I going to eat it? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like there's room for, like, differences. See, like, I actually really like sliders, but I do understand what you're saying, like, as far as, like, what you think. Oh, I love them. I just, they're, they're evil, but I love them. <laughs> but they're not a burger. <laughs> I love them. I can eat ten at a time. <laughs> My stomach is not so happy at the end of it, but I love them. But they're not oh, yeah. a hamburger. I also like the pizza from, like, those little, you know, like, the pizza you get at the fair. That's like completely like insto, you know, or like the the pizza that you can get at home, the frozen pizza. Oh, right. Like Mama Celeste's that you can put into the. (laughs) Yeah. Or like the Elio's. I love those. Those are good. They're good food product. They're just not a New York slice. It's just like if you go to Europe and you get the version of whatever we're getting over there, it's not the same. It has the same label. But it's not exactly the same, but you can appreciate the taste. I like dough and sauce and cheese baked. It's not all pizza, though. (laughs) Right, right. Even though it might have a pizza label. (laughs) But I think Chicago pizza has, like, earned itself that it's actually, you know, like, you get to compare. Like, you're not going to say, no offense to our friends in the Midwest, but, like, you know, random Midwest state pizza it, it, it's cute for them, but it's not New York or Chicago. But I get, I think that Chicago gets to, gets to say, you don't do it like we do. Yeah. I don't know if every state gets to do that. I don't actually, and I say state, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you if the pizza is good upstate New York. I, when I say New York, understand folks, I'm talking <laughs> New York city. I'm talking Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Brooklyn and Queens. I'm talking. That's when I when I say New York. I'm a New Yorker, so understand. I am not talking about New York State. Shout out to Albany and Westchester and Syracuse. Hi guys, you're Canada. I'm just saying. <laughs> 
Well, they might have some good good poutine, maybe, but like, yeah, no, not really pizza. Exactly. So understand <laughs> when I'm saying New York, I mean New York City, the five boroughs. Just just so we're clear. <laughs> I don't I, I can't speak to any other part. You know, even Westchester's a little shady. I don't know. So Chicago specifically and New York City specifically, everything else, you're 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 aspiring to one of the two. They're either trying to be New York or Chicago, is my idea. Do not, do, don't do Florida pizza. You'll be sorry. Oh, yeah. No. No, thank you. There's this theory that there's a pizza belt that extends <laughs> from Connecticut down to New Jersey. I could see that. I've heard of other states, like, actually bringing in water to make their dough so that, and I have to say, New York water tastes the best. My mom lives, um still lives in New York, obviously, in my childhood home. And I actually bring a thermos and bring back water from her house because I miss the way the water from her pipes taste. Let me tell you, New York water is the best, and I, it probably does affect a lot of the food. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's I know in South Jersey there's places that will ship in water from New York in order to get their dough the right consistency. And I'm not sure if they're, like, what the science is behind that, but, yeah, there's definitely people who would agree with that, that to make good dough for pizza. Yeah, and there's certain things, I mean, you know, you hear uh, chefs talk about and they start doing the chemistry and you're like, oh, okay, that went over my head. I was just stirring the stuff. But at the same time, you have to understand water is filtered through a lot of rocks and minerals and the makeup of the country is not the same everywhere. So I can imagine that it's like, you know, our combination of, you know, shale and limestone or blah, blah, blah is what that taste actually is. You know, like whatever content of the minerals gives a specific taste to a specific area. I 100% know that if you gave me a glass of water from my mother's house and a glass of water from someplace else, I would be able to instantly tell you that it was uh which one came from new york and i i even knew which room it came in I, my mom could not fool me i did not like the kitchen water at night i liked the bathroom water and i'd be like that didn't come from the kitchen that that didn't come from the bathroom mom that came from the kitchen she was teasing me about it the last time i was over there like for christmas she's like you still like the bathroom water at night i'm like yeah but I'm sure it was just like a makeup of specific minerals. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure. And as you said, like the pipes might be different, whatever it is, or even nostalgia. I mean, you know, it's just a combo of the of everything. But yeah, I would not. I've tried other states pizza. You know, I've like I said, New Jersey, I can deal. I've, I actually have like a couple of favorite places in New Jersey where I go. <laughs> but I, I have learned not to, you know, if I'm just driving through any place i don't want to insult a specific place except for florida you guys must be used to getting picked on i'm so sorry i have actually <laughs> i have a cousin who lived in new york half of her life moved down to florida for about five years moved back and then moved back to florida and she's a pizza head and she <laughs> hated the years that she was in florida they lived in orlando she's like i had other good food just not pizza <laughs> yeah, and like Orlando, for the record, I mean, and also Miami have really great food, but like, oh yeah, you don't eat the pizza in Orlando. There's so many other things that you can choose from, or I mean, or Miami. I'm not really sure what their pizza is like because I like I went to Miami last year. I definitely didn't go to a pizza place. 
Yeah, that's not where you, you know what, that's, if you're visiting from out of town, that's not where your friends or family are going to take you. It, you know, whereas someone goes to New York and they're like, can we get a slice? You know, I will always right. tell you, if you're visiting from out of town, I'm talking about like if you're from Florida or whatever and you're in the city in the summer, I'm not even going to ask you. I'm going to be like, we're getting the slice for, for lunch and then for second lunch, you're going to have a dirty water dog. <laughs> it's like a requirement. It's a requirement. And if it's winter, guess what? You're getting a hot pretzel with salt mm. and some roasted nuts if you're not if you're not nut free. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. is that New York. The nuts taste. for nuts, right? <laughs> I love those. <laughs> I I feel like it's been, and it has been a long time since I've I've been in the city because quarantine. Because again, we're record right now we're recording this for, for those of you at home. I'm not sure when you're going to be listening to this, but we're recording some of these episodes during the stay-at-home orders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been like four months since I've been in the city, but like I still wake up thinking of those nuts for nuts, like the smell of it. <laughs> uh-huh. It's that wonderful thing where you go, what is that lovely smell? And then you see, oh, it's a great smell. Those are the things that I actually am missing most besides like just the interaction with a larger set of friends, like in person is being able to just pop into the city. There are a couple of days where it's really nice. I just want to pop into the city for like Mm. a quick second and walk around Central Park and like go to the Museum of Natural History. Just once, please. I miss those kinds of things. And I definitely, as a New Yorker, I definitely miss the smell of the city in the summer. I need that smell. I'm so sad. And the thing is, even if I were to go walk around Manhattan like an idiot by myself right now, the lack of people make it so that it's just dead. You know, it's not, it's not going to be the same. So yeah. looking forward to those days where we can just go back to being jaded New Yorkers. <sighs> mm, yeah. I just kind of want to sit outside and like go to a coffee shop or like get brunch or like just, just, you know, walk around a park. I mean, we can walk around a park around here, but it's not the same as like going to central park yeah you know people watching yeah i make up stories about people when i see them you know i'm like okay so they're a couple they've been actually dating for about four years and (laughs) you know and i make up all the stories can't see anything i'm getting so used to just saying hi to people with my eyes now like you know the on my once a week trip to the store just like you do that nod and i i don't know if i'm gonna have trouble hey I just realized something. I totally interrupted myself. I wonder if babies that are being born around this time, they should, someone just do a long-term study, whether they have a little bit more trouble recognizing facial expressions. Because you know infants take in the whole face. Mm. So I wonder if they're going to have trouble recognizing strangers facial expressions you know how you have that like the baby smiles at you and the parents are so excited. oh this is the first time you smiled at a stranger i wonder if it's going to take longer for those children to start recognizing um facial expressions especially as things open up and we are going to be exposed to more people but still wearing face coverings huh right yeah because because wearing masks is going to probably be, be the new normal until there is a vaccine or yeah and children do not recognize people without their whole face. It's, it's uh, just a developmental stage where the eyes are not enough. They need the whole face. And they can, 
uh, children actually have trouble up until I think it's like the age of four recognizing people without their their full face, which is why children get so upset if uh, a caregiver shaves or grows a beard because it changes the contour of the face. Whereas we'll just be, oh, you look different. They need the the cheeks and the chin and the, and the the lips to identify a person. So there were there was some concern because I work in ch- early childhood, saying that you know just keep in mind if we go back and we're wearing face coverings, the toddlers might have trouble recognizing their teachers at first, even if they you know they they were completely in love with them in March. It, first of all, time has passed, but also they don't have enough information to identify this person in front of them. Which is going to be terrifying because they're going to be surrounded by people they can't identify Ugh. in a familiar setting. You, you imagine what, like, a brain, like, they're going to be on the fritz, you know? Yeah, it's definitely going to be destabilizing. I do worry about, now, I, I work in with older students, but I do worry about how students are going to adjust to this. Yeah. And I definitely, it's going to be really, it's, I think it's, it's certainly going to be hard for very young kids who oh, yay, I'm going back to school, but, like, I don't recognize anyone. That's got to be really hard. And I can't hug my teacher. You know, I, I work mm. with littles, and part of the teaching day is hugging them. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I work with, with kids who are three and four. It's, it's unnatural not to have physical contact with them. So I just, I just love to see what the guidelines are going to be on that because that I've actually, I live in a small town now, and... I've prayed over and over again that I do not run into any of my students. Thankfully, a lot of the parents have the option of keeping their kids home. So on the off chance I have run into people, they haven't had the children with them. But it's one of those things in my mind where I know what would happen if I ran into a kid in the the store. They're going to run up and their parents are going to stop them and it's going to be heartbreaking for everybody. And I am a big mush. Sanjana might be mean. <laughs> I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm a big mush. I've cried so many tears over this. And I cannot imagine how I would feel if I saw one of my kids and couldn't pick them up and hug them. Because I haven't picked my kids up since March. And, you know, and they're three and four and they drive me crazy. But they're the most awesome kids ever. And it's one of those things where it's like, this changed everything. It changed the game. I didn't even get to say goodbye to them. And they're young enough that they're not going to remember me anyway. So it's just like, oh, well, thanks for being in my life for six months. Good luck with everything. And they're not even going to remember me. But at least, you know what? The week before everything shut down was like the Wednesday. We took class pictures and they did come in. So I do have that. So you still have the memory, but that's, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, things get better soon. Looking forward to it and keeping well, positive. Hopefully by the time our, our listeners are, are listening to this, they're like, oh, yeah, everything's much better. We have a vaccine. I mean, that's kind of wishful thinking, but you never know. Oh, yeah. I am, I am hoping that this is like, oh, they had no idea that in a few weeks everything would be better. See, I'm putting that out into the universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, universe. Give us this win. Exactly. We deserve it. We've been through a lot. So I think I'm going to change gears a little bit since we got a little bit into the personal. <laughs> now let's get back into D&D. Okie dokie. So I'm curious, how did you get into D&D? Ooh. Okay. So back in college, I had a couple of friends that played. 
and I would watch. And then I lived with a few friends from college afterward. And my roommate in particular actually played in two campaigns. So he would leave twice a week to go play. And occasionally he would run like, I guess now I'm realizing there were probably one shots at our place. And I just kind of always hung around and they would always say, do you want to play? I'm like, no, because it always seems super complicated. And it didn't seem like something I could just jump into. It wasn't like a regular board game where you just explain the rules. And I was intimidated by the fact that it seemed like they were in the middle of something. <laughs> so I would just kind of always hang out and just, I knew a couple of the phrases. Like I knew D20 and all that kind of, you know, like I, I, I knew catchphrases, but I didn't understand the mechanics of the game. So about two years ago, yeah, not even. It's in the fall. It'll be two years. I finally decided to put in a little Google search and look for a group around me. And I found a group and I messaged the DM and said, hey, newbie, do you accept newbies? Or is that like a thing? I expected to get back. No, you know, everyone's been playing for like 20 years. You know, and he was like, no, cool. Show up. And it took me a couple tries to actually gear up all the courage to show up. But as soon as I walked in, the DM had let everyone know that I was coming and they, they ran several tables and the spot opened. The, the DM for that table said, you must be Lena. Hey. And I sat down and I was like, hi. And I had nothing with me. And I was apologetic. I was like, I'm sorry. I, I like don't even own dice. I actually don't know. And I was almost talking myself out of it. I was like, listen, I really, I'm sorry. I don't want to take up time. I don't know anything about d and I just was curious. Like, I can just sit here and not get in the way. And they were like, no, 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 no. Chill. <laughs> we'll explain everything to you. And they actually sat down with me, helped me build a character, explained, like, someone let me dice. And funny enough, about three or four weeks later is when Scott joined. He was the new guy. Not new to D&D, just new to that group. Um, it apparently just seemed like the same ad I had and said, Hey, let me join. I just moved up here. So Scott used to sit next to me and help me with my stats and give me suggestions for things like, okay, so your character can do this. So here are a couple of options for what you could possibly do. And this is how the mechanics of this work. And he even went so far as to like, you know, separate after I got my first set of dice like separated okay you really don't you're never going to use that one you probably never use this one this is the one you're going to use here this is a handful this is your <laughs> this is your pool for your attack because you're a rogue you're a high level rogue and you've got sneak attack but he went above and beyond to explain and everyone at the table was super helpful like you know when it came to combat and they would say okay Lena it's your turn and there was kind of a an under under it was understood okay so we're fighting the big bad, but let's explain how the map works. And here you can do this. And then I'm already a theater person. So I understood the mechanics of the role playing. And then when it came to the, the, the battle or just having interactions, I slowly understood, oh, okay, so I'm having this kind of interaction with this character and they were just so patient. And now here I am two, not even two years later. And this is about my, I counted this is like 10th campaign. Because we've had rotating DMs. I started playing more than twice a week. <laughs> and I, yeah, I just suddenly got sucked into that. I have several sets of dice now. I've got a lot of characters like in my back pocket. I'm like, oh, I could do one shot. Do you need like a level five paladin? I got that. <laughs> and started reading the books and just, you know, being pulled into the lore and just 
I understand a lot more memes now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's funny. I get that now. And a lot of support from friends who were gamers that just never had that kind of interaction with me and learning on the fly. And I, I would credit a lot of that to Scott, to tell you the truth, because like I said, he was there for my very first campaign. And we've played in like five at this point. And he's DM'd for a couple for me. And just the patience and keeping it interesting. You know, if, it, if, I, if I had been turned off at any point, it, it wouldn't have been as fun. But everyone was so welcoming. And I slowly am understand, still learning. But yeah, it was a curiosity. I've always wanted to play games. I was raised as an only child. So game playing was scarce in my house. You know, when my mother had time, <laughs> she would play. But I didn't actually have a lot of people to play with. So I played a lot of board games by myself. And everyone says that sounds so sad, but I learned how to play games like that. <laughs> so, you know, and, I, and I'd get mad at myself because sometimes I would cheat myself, <laughs> you know. You know, you, you, you can lose at the game of life. I've done it by playing four different characters. I would put my little stuffies and I'd be like, <laughs> oh my goodness, you're cheating, Panda. <laughs> but it was really nice in high school and college and beyond to actually play with other people because then I didn't have to change my seat so often. But yeah, it just, it's been a learning experience and it's actually been find the culmination of something I've wanted to do since college. I've always just been curious. So I'm doing it now and it's awesome. And I'm glad I did. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's really cool how you kind of, it is almost like you started with an interest and you saw other people play and then you joined into a game that was really accepting. And I think that's really important. So why don't you tell me a story from maybe, even though I know it's only been the past two years, but do you have like a favorite moment or a favorite story from one of the campaigns that you played? Hmm. <laughs> well, I have, a, I, have a, I have a short, disgusting one. One of our campaigns, actually, this might have been the first campaign because that one went on a while. This might be the first campaign I played in without giving too much away because I, I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to give spoilers to a campaign that someone might actually be playing through, but I would like to say that um, our DM had set us up that we, our party was in a dungeon uh, inhabited by many large sea type creatures. And one of the uh, big bads that we needed to contact before we started combat was having a strange interaction with a large object in the corner of the room. After some description, we got out of our DM that it was a, um, a pipe organ where the pipe organ was actually crafted out of the body of a living crab. Oh. Yeah, and the, the music was being <laughs> produced by the crab inhaling through its body water and the the water being forced out of the various legs, like the pipe organ. And the description was just so gross. And all I could think of was like your all you can eat crab leg thing. And it became like the taboo thing that no one could say. It was just kind of like, you know, you would say crab organ and it was just kind of like Colin red. <laughs> Everyone would just stop because it was the <laughs> grossest thing we could think of. And it kind of colored the rest of the campaign because 
every time someone would attack something, they would say, for the love of the crab organ, we actually bothered to go back to that dungeon and put it out of its misery because we were also bothered by it. And this was like maybe three or four <laughs> sessions later. We were like, could we possibly go back to that dungeon? And our DM's like, why? And we're like, because that crab organ, it's just horrible. I mean, imagine like this giant, now it was giant sized crab. This wasn't like a small thing. It's a giant sized crab with like pieces of metal stuck in its legs. And every time it got poked in its like uh, center section by this um, giant, it made a sound. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. exactly. Gross and also cruel and also gross. And yeah, so we actually went back and put it out of its misery. So, uh, oh, man. so there's that, but you know, it's a, it's a favorite <laughs> story because it's, it had really nothing to do with the rest of the, um, it was just a side description in a room, but it became our, our party just became so like, you know, obsessed with this one tiny detail. Our DM, they were just <laughs> highly amused that this little thing became such a big thing. And even that we went back to it. And I think our, our DM had to like rewrite some stuff so that we could actually make it back there because we weren't supposed to actually go back to that, but it became very important. So it was a, you know, a group effort to to just to rescue this random npc like non-sentient npc but uh yeah that's kind of like dnd where it's like you know it's sandbox you can do what you want you can, oh my god i can only imagine because that just reminds me and this is is probably a little off topic but i know we kind of talked a little bit about true crime like earlier uh-huh. before the interview yesterday <laughs> and um like the idea of a crab that was turned into a musical instrument just just it's like i could see why that would be creepy because it just kind of reminds me of like serial killers who turn people into objects exactly. and i think there's something just so disgusting about that and like horrific so i don't blame you i'd want to like put it out of its misery too like oh god yeah you can't repurpose a body yeah <laughs> you just can't it's just wrong yeah and crabs are kind of creepy anyway because the, the description was that the crab was upright like not flat it was vertical what that's just like mm. yeah so you could see so you could see like the, the the horrible underside like you know what do you think a crab belly looks like like that except giant size all of it was just very disturbing I'm like I don't blame you I would be like oh god like let's end this like life is pain right now for this this poor defenseless creature like what like it was just (laughs) (laughs) yeah so a little little side venture (laughs) it was just gross I couldn't I'm a a bleeding heart I can't help it (laughs) I mean I again like I really can't blame you I think I would be pretty fixated on that too just like "Mm." No, no, baby, no. <laughs> exactly, it was just <laughs> wrongity wrong, wrong, wrong. If you have a project or a business that you'd like to promote on our show, please reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. If you don't have a product or a business, but you want to help us anyway, you can share our show with your friends or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice.
That will really help us grow and reach more people. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can take part in polls and ask questions if you'd like us to answer those questions on future Wine and Spirits episodes. You can find all of our handles in one convenient place by visiting our website, rfadpod.com. gears and maybe let's talk a little bit about the campaign itself now that we've like reminisced a little bit about past uh dnd stories going current <laughs> yeah let's get current well sort of current i i guess this is like gonna this is filmed well filmed this is recorded like what like six months before any of this is going to actually be released so oh yeah <laughs> current for us in our world yeah yeah i'm not sure like it, i'm not really sure we still don't know really what the recording or rather the release schedule is so like technically speaking this interview could be released like six months from the first release wow I- <laughs> crazy so we're like, it's current. And everyone's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even remember that. <laughs> exactly. What are you guys talking about? Our characters could have three heads each at this point. We don't know. That'd be awesome. But I feel like that would be, oh, God. Do you, does anyone really need, like, three talking uh, Greg heads? That would be six Afro puffs for Sanjana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Would they argue with themselves? Oh, definitely. Sanjana? Yeah, of course. I, I feel like she would sass herself, right? Like, there's so much sass there. All that sass. Oh, my goodness. They would not get anything done. And, and that actually brings me to my next question, because, like, Sanjana is so awesome. She's such, like, a fiery, sassy character. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And I just wonder, like, what was her, like, what do you think her thoughts would have been when she met Greg? Ah. <laughs> Well, I actually remember. <laughs> so if you recall, Sanjana kind of just put herself into this whole situation. She originally was just going to rob bank and then just kind of tra- tagged along when she heard that there was going to be some money involved because she's all about the money. You know, she just wants some coin in her purse. And initially it was, well, who's this? Look at this. We've got a turtle here. Are you going to be useful to my cause? And truth be told, Sanjana felt a little bit bad about almost roasting the turtle. You know. But at the same time, turtle was useful. And that's something to keep in mind. And Sanjana, Sanjana bases her loyalty off of who's useful to her. And it is true loyalty, but it's not loyalty in a sense of friendship. She, you know, she's not going to sit around and, and, and braid each other's hair. Although, you know, she's seeing, Bambi seems to bring out a softer side. Banks seems to be the, the one where she can trade barbs with. Right, yeah. But, but Greg is the one that commands the most respect because that, that dryness and you can't get to know me kind of, you know, gruffness. Sanjana kind of approaches everything with a bit of, a, you know, prickle and a gruff. And... Greg is very much the same way. So I think that when Sanjana saw them, they might have seen, you know, seemed like a kindred spirit almost. 
But so there's like there's a wall. Mm-hmm. There's a wall, but there's a wall for Sanjana for everyone. No one's gonna get into Sanjana's brain because she's so closed off herself. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Greg doesn't seem to give a shit about much. <laughs> and that makes Greg very useful for Sanjana because Sanjana gives a shit about a lot of stuff. But Greg doesn't also seem like they're gonna be a hindrance. And that is very useful mm-hmm. and very consistent. You know, Greg didn't seem very bothered that Greg almost was turtle soup. No, he was hoping for it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. So I can almost, I can be reckless around you and almost kill you, and you're not going to actually hold it against me. I like that about you. Okay, we can work <laughs> together on this. You understand there might be some scarring. <laughs> you know, uh, Sasha is not going to be one to, if you have to tiptoe around. You know, like if she has to tiptoe around someone, that's not going to be someone she's comfortable around because right. she does reckless things. So you're going to have to take her to leave it. You know, she is chaotic. She's definitely chaotic. And Greg doesn't seem bothered by her chaos. So, no. Cool. <laughs> All right. And the other thing is, Sasha is not one for personally sharing. And Greg doesn't seem like they're going to ever personally share. No. So that makes Greg a very good uh, uh, person to be around because. Sanjana is not going to hear your backstory. She's not going to give you her backstory. We can just eat our, our soup in peace. Right. And, that, that, and that's something that, you know, there's a comfort in that. So, I, yeah, I think Sanjana appre- appreciates, appreciates the silence of Greg, if you will. <laughs> so with that, how do you imagine our characters first meeting after we, we rose from the dead? Well, actually, I have, like, a question about the whole wake-up scene. Sure. Were we together? Do you, do you know if we were together? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I, because we did our scenes totally separate, and I don't know what happened at all during your scene, and I don't know if you know what happened during mine. No. Uh, yeah, so it's, like, one of those things where it's... I would think the reintroduction would kind of be a... Because do you look similar? You look pretty similar. And Sanjana looks pretty similar. So I would imagine, I don't know. I, don't, I honestly I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it is weird because, like, the only thing that's changed is, like, for Greg is that instead of having more of, like, a regular turtle face, he now has a snapping turtle face. But he <laughs> looks basically the same. And he's, well, internally, there's a lot of, like, conflict going on and, he's definitely thrown off by the whole situation like externally he's basically the same greg so i feel like it and i don't know how how is how did how did sanjana experience that like awakening without giving too many of the details like was there a lot of changes um sanjana sanjana physically looks very different but has the ability to appear very similar to how she did instead of being completely orange she now has like purple stripes almost like tiger stripes and black hair like but again it's still the the red is still there the rust color is still there she just is like you know kind of like an evolution of like a pichu to a pikachu you know like still recognizable (laughs) (laughs) uh that was such a geeky thing um but she her her hag form is definitely 
more extreme. Her facial expression, her facial contours change. Her body proportions are completely different. But she has the ability to look pretty much like how she did before. And the difference with Sanjana is she's completely cognizant. Nothing has changed mentally for her. She just has, she has a different mission and she has a different internal motivation. But she's not driven like the other characters to go do anything specifically because of a physical need. It's more of a, she has a, let's just put it this way. She has a mission. She has a mission. So I would imagine that she, if, as long as the characters looked somewhat recognizable, she would just be on her way. Sanjana has not been stopped by this process. There is no internal conflict that she is going to be dealing with. Sanjana's good. She's chill. She kind of like died, woke up and went, fine, whatever. It is just the <laughs> next step for her. She's not having any sort of like, you know, existential crisis. So I think she would be happy as much as she could be happy to see old friends and say, oh, good. You too. You're still around. That's great. Let's continue what we're going to do. She's not, not interested in getting, again, no backstory. She doesn't really care. If you suddenly start like eating dead things, cool. That's great. I don't care. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it would have been a very chill kind of like, you know, reunion. Hey, because again, that's, they're not going to need anything else. It's kind of like, you know, uh, those episodes, those web episodes of the Avengers, specifically the one. Um, if Have you ever seen the one with uh, Thor where he's just like hanging out? No. <laughs> oh, like d- daily life? Yeah. Yeah. Like just he's, he's just like going to work. Like he's just hanging out. Like I just kind of almost imagine that being like the meeting where you just like we're walking around the castle and just like, oh, hey. Yeah, basically, like <laughs> nothing else happens. Yeah, exactly. It's like the big meeting and nod. Yeah, it was like very anticlimactic. Like just um, oh, you're still around, and then he goes and like lays around. <laughs> and I also think that whatever new habits that Greg has picked up, that Shanjana is really not going to react to them. Like, oh, you do that now, cool. Yeah, he's just like eating a pig head. Like, all right, that's that's cool. We all have new skills, you know. Sasha has gone a little feral, but she was not that far away from feral to begin with, so not a big change, right? Like, I, I could see, yeah, I could see. It's almost like, well, nothing's new. It's just like we now live here, I guess. Are you familiar with Buffy the Vampire Slayer at all? I love Buffy. Okay, so I kind of. You know how Oz reacted to stuff? Yes. I kind of I kind of see <laughs> Sanjana reacting to stuff like that like cool. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> and everyone was like, "Ah, I love it." <laughs> like kind of like that just Mhm. All right, no. No, that 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 pans. You know, she's not really going to overreact to anything. Just kind of goes with the flow. So I have a question and this is, this is the, this is going to be the final question I have for the interview. No pressure. Yeah. (laughs) All of the pressure. No. Um, So recently from the recording of this interview, there was the season finale of BoJack Horseman. Did you by any chance watch BoJack? No. Darn. Is it on the list of things I'm supposed to watch? You should because it's genius. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm catching up on all the things. Hopefully by the time this airs, I can say I finally finished The Office and I will have watched Shit's Creek and I will have um, caught up to Rick and Morty. Nice. I'm trying, you guys. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are all excellent choices. So well done. Um, and when you're done with that, <laughs> add Bojack onto it. Okay. I now am going to rephrase my question because I don't want to give too much. And just for a warning for the um, listeners who have not finished BoJack, you might want to skip this part <laughs> because you might be spoiled. So I'm sorry. I mean, I, I assume spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> I assume this is like going to be aired probably at least six months from if not longer from the airing of the season or rather the series finale. So most people will be caught up, but if you aren't, you may want to skip this question. And I'm sorry. You had time people. (laughs) Listen, you had time people. You know what? Titanic, the boat sinks. It's been 20 years and technically it's been over a hundred. So yeah. So should I I do it? (laughs) So Snape kills Dumbledore to say, (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Everyone, everyone just starts freaking out and rage quits. This <laughs> listening, wait, wait, which other, which other one go? He was dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Should we tell them about Fight Club? <laughs> oh dear, dear. Oh god. Yeah. So Tyler Durden was. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere there's somebody throwing their phone across the room going, I can't listen to you people anymore. You know what? You had time, dude. Yeah. Guess what? Bambi's mom dies too. Oh, wow. Wow, this is, well, this is a dark question, so I'm glad that you went to a dark place. Wow, okay. So, So we all die at the end of, what is it, the fourth? episode or the third episode yeah and there's some research that shows that when you die there's brain chemicals that are released and you almost like are could hallucinate Mm. and there's kind of a process during the process of your body shutting down as you die so my question is what do you think is flashing through your character's brain as the rocks fall and crush them to death Ah, so Sanjana was actually just about to celebrate a fantastic victory. And she actually had that almost going to do the superhero land, you know, and then the rocks started coming down. And just before everything went black, Sanjana thought back to one of the most painful memories she has of her childhood, her street urchin siblings watching her father figure and mother figure being taken away because the one time they made a mistake and Sanjana has a part in this, and this is some backstory that we'll get into. It was her fault. And looking at her siblings and realizing that she caused maybe them to starve to death because she didn't know she could keep up with what their parents were doing and watching them being taken away on a ship to a remote island to live out the rest of their days in prison and realizing that she had really messed up and that this was going to have consequences, not only for her, but for the little ones that she was looking out for. 
because it had the torch had been passed to her and she dropped the ball. I think I just mixed my metaphors, but okay. um, the extreme guilt and thinking, you know, that this might be another one of those moments because at that point, Sanjana doesn't know whether she's the only one dying, but thinks that maybe she has killed the entire party. And that once again, her desire for glory in the moment might have cost others their lives. And she feels extremely guilty about that. And it's an unusual feeling for her. So it's very uncomfortable. That's that's dark. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think so it seems to me like behind all of that I guess fire and and those walls there's some pain. Is would that be correct? Oh, absolutely. Sanjana did not have an easy time growing up and she has difficulty forming attachments because of that. And the last folks she was attached to, she doesn't have any contact with. And she feels horrible about it. That's why she doesn't let anybody in. It's easier to be, you know, prickly and just just concentrate on money. Because when she starts concentrating on the other things, the things that, you know, we say are important in life, that's when she gets hurt and she gets attached. And she never wants to feel that again. Right. Do you think that she'll remember the memory of what she felt in that moment? As an undead creature, oh, she's gonna suppress the su- suppress that so far down. But yeah, it's there. It's not that she didn't remember it; it's that it's just that's what it conjured up. It's always in the back of her mind. So it's like a motivator almost, but it, not it, really. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like the anti motivator. <laughs> it's like the motivation to not get close to people and to put them at arm's length. Yeah, exactly. Well put. So I think that's all the questions I have, actually. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Well, it was fun. Yeah. No, it was great talking to you. And thank you to all of our listeners. That was an awesome interview. Please continue listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. And definitely join us for next time when we do our Wine and Spirits edition. Woohoo! Yay. Goodbye. I'm so awkward at these. <laughs> <laughs> You're great. Bye. <laughs> It was it was really nice chatting with you. Thank you. Same here. Thank you for listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribe, share, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise. Additional sound effects courtesy of zapsplat.com. And our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. Find more of his work on Twitter at John Bliss Art. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident mushroom Jin, who streams on twitch.tv slash phantomclip. Our social media manager is our favorite surly turtle, Sambra. You can find all of our social media handles and full show notes on our website, rfedpod.com. Sorry, I'm going to need a second. <laughs> I'm going to try to get into the voice. Okay. You're going to do the whole interview with Greg's voice? Oh, God, no. I would actually die. My, my oh. throat would, like, fall out of my, my neck. Oh, my gosh. That would be really funny if I did the entire interview like this. <laughs> like, yeah, that's really her voice, though. <laughs> yeah, I just sound like this. It's just because I smoke, like, 20 packs a day.